for the sake of time, <coughs> our lesson tonight obviously is going to be about something about Christmas. And uh, I'll be discussing with you Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. I won't go and read it for the sake of time, but I'll quote the verses as we go along. Um, let us pray. Father God, I thank you for your word, and I pray, Father, that you will continue to inspire me and give me the wisdom I need and the understanding to share your word and to discuss it with us as we do so tonight, Heavenly Father. So open our understanding and that we may see wondrous things in your word as we look deep into it, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, as I said, I'm going to talk briefly about Christmas. So the question I would like to ask so we can be involved. What would you say is the meaning of Christmas? What does Christmas mean to you? What, does Chris, what is the meaning of Christmas? Anybody can? Coming of your salvation. And what comes before your salvation? Hmm? What comes before salvation? Jesus, because without Jesus you wouldn't have any salvation, right? But what, what's the meaning of, um, the great meaning of Christmas? Anybody else can give? God became man. That's what it. Uh huh. Any other? Any other thought? What are you thinking, Cap? Came as the king's man redeemer. That's why he came as the king's man redeemer. And that's on Christmas. All right. Let's get into it. Um, as I mentioned, we're going to be speaking from Matthew chapter two, verses one through twelve. Um, and I'm going to be talking about the meaning. Of Christmas. Um, verse 2 of Matthew chapter 1, chapter 2 says, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. The meaning of Christmas from this perspective is worship. Period. Worship. And you know that worship is mentioned in the Bible over 8,000 times. And if you should add the adjective and the adverb, maybe about 80,000 times from Genesis to Revelation. And does anybody know where in the Bible worship was mentioned for the first time? A little trivia, so you can make note of that. Please remember. Where in the Bible was the word first mentioned? The word worship first mentioned? Uh, you're thinking of, uh, yes, you think it's again, but you're really not positive. The first place it was mentioned was Genesis chapter 22 and verse 5. When Abraham said to the men, stay here and hold the donkeys while I go up to the mountain to worship. Right? So worship is key. But there are three att attitudes that I want to share with us tonight. Three different attitudes towards the true meaning of Christmas. The first one is those who are hostile towards the meaning of Christmas. Secondly, those who are being deceitful about Christmas. And those who are indifferent about Christmas. So let's start with the first one. Hostile. King Herod. We're familiar with that name. 
King Herod was the first in a long line of people who became hostile towards the true meaning of Christmas. Because in, um, in uh, chapter 2 of Matthew, the Bible tells us that... Um, Verse 1 said, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen the star in the east and have come to worship him. All right? Now, what did King Herod think about it? For those who, who know the, the, the story, what, the, what was King Herod's reaction? He was troubled, right? He was disturbed. Uh, why was he disturbed? Any other thoughts? And what did he do when he heard this? The Bible said in verse 4, When he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. Now, why did he inquire about this? He was disturbed. He was, he, he, he was confused. He was saddened. Remember, he is king. Uh, uh, there's a number of movies with King Herod that said, King Herod said, nobody's going to control my throne. Nobody wants to take over. I am king. So he heard that this king is going to be born, and he doesn't want that to take place. So he was disturbed. And, they, and so he inquired of them, uh, of the chief priests and elders and in verse 5 he said and they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea for thus it is written by the prophet that thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah uh, are not the least among the princes of Judah for out of thee shall become a governor that shall rule my people Israel think about that now when he heard that rule my people Israel it, Herod was not pleased was he so what do you think he decided to do He, 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 he have a plan, but he's slick. Right? So what he did, he called the wise men and said to them, go and look for this baby. And then come back with me that I might... Oh, come on now. That's the next part. That's deceitful. You think he was going to worship him? Huh? So he was slick. He wanted to kill him. But God was in all of this plan. So the wise men, it, the, the Bible didn't say the wise men said anything. They went and they worshipped Jesus, baby Jesus. They gave him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and we, we, we know all that. But what happened? What did they do after they present their gifts to baby Jesus? That's right. They went a different direction to outsmart Herod. And when Herod found that out, what happened? What was it? He was angry. He was mad. Now he become, from being deceitful about he wanted to see Jesus, now he becomes destructive. So he sent out a decree that all the babies born from two years and under should be killed. Now, that is something we think about. So let's look at something now. How does Herod's attitude at that time 
when the baby Jesus was born, how can you relate that to today's life, to people today? Do you think that people today, a lot of people who claim to be worshiping Jesus is being deceitful? That's right, they are deceitful. They pretend that they are worship Jesus. Somebody said if aliens should fall out of space and come to earth on Christmas, then they would believe that everybody in the world is Christians. And everybody is worshiping King Jesus. Because that's the time. But they are not concerned about worshiping. What are they concerned about? Gifts. Right? What else? Parties. Anything else? Food, right? Songs. Exactly. Anything else? Money. That's right. They are not concerned about worshiping. And nowhere in verse 2 is said that the shepherd, that the, the, the wise men come to bring for gifts. They brought gifts, yes. All that is good. But he didn't say that they come to, to, to worship. They didn't come to party. They didn't come to celebrate. They didn't come for food. They didn't come to have a feast. They come to worship. And throughout this festive season, we have to make sure that in all the functions and the feasts we may have, the focus is on worshiping Jesus Christ. Because in all the activities that we do and we participate in, if we are not worshiping Jesus, we are missing the meaning of Christmas. Worship is the key. But during the season, not only did they become deceitful, but they become indifferent. Now, there's a very important part that I notice about being indifferent. Today and throughout the season by now until the New Year's, people will, everybody's planning a party. They are going to a party. Where's the Christmas party? Well, you know, we're having a big Christmas party here on Saturday. The adult ministry section four is putting on a big Christmas party. We're going about have about a hundred of us. But we are not just there for feasting. We are, will be there to worship. And I personally will make sure of that, that in the midst of it, we don't overeat that we can't worship. Or, let me see, we don't overeat that niggeritis takes in and we fall asleep either. Because there will be, 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 be noise. Herod then goes from being deceitful to being destructive. And then he tried to take Jesus' life. People today are still trying to take Jesus' life. They want to keep him out of school. They want to keep him out of all the activities. They don't want to talk about Merry Christmas anymore. They want us to say... Happy holidays. And so they have the attitude of Herod still today. But as believers, our focus, don't be ashamed, regardless of what the signs say, still be able to say Merry Christmas. Let somebody challenge us and we can defend and give an answer in whom we believe that he is able to keep that which we have committed unto him against that day. All right? Now, they still want to destroy Christmas. They want to take it out of him. The true meaning of Christmas will be offensive to some people. As I mentioned before, some people will feel they don't want to hear about this Christmas and this Jesus. 
I don't want to hear about this Merry Christmas. They don't believe in Jesus. We have different cults and everything. They don't believe in. Some don't believe that there is, shouldn't be Christmas and the 25th of December is not Christmas. So they become offensive. Herod was very offensive. Because of his being offensive, he wanted to destroy Christmas and the hope that we have today. But we have to realize that we have been purchased and goes back to what um, Lisa said earlier on. He came to give us salvation. All right? It's in him we live and move and have our being because he is our salvation. He is our cause. He is our sanctifier. He's our king. He's our Emmanuel. He is our comforter. He is our royal priesthood. You know, he's everything that we'll ever want. And then he came right down. He has been battered and bruised from the starry crown. You know, I know that some time ago, a lot of um, Bible scholars felt that they could not understand what the Bible means when he said that Jesus emptied himself of all but love. But you know, I glad when I think it's Psalms 19 said he make wise the simple, simple people like us. Because that's common sense. If you empty yourself of all your clothes and walk through the door, that means you don't have any clothes on, right? But if you have a t-shirt on, and I said you strip yourself of all but your t-shirt, that means all you have is your t-shirt. So the Bible said he emptied himself of all but love. He left his, his crown. He left his glory. Because remember in John chapter 17 when he was praying to his father, he said, No father, I come to you that I may be glorified as I was with before when I was with you. So he left his glory. He left everything in heaven, emptied himself and came for one thing, love. John 3.16 that's what he came for. So he emptied himself of all but love. So people become indifferent. But there's something I realize. When he called together all the, um, this is, this is fair now. When he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, and he asked them where Christ was to be born in Bethlehem. They replied, and they told him that it is written how he will be born in Jerusalem, and he'll be governor of the people was upon him. You know what these people did? They believed that Jesus was going to become. They were the scribes, the Pharisees. They believed that Jesus Christ was to come because they, they lived by the Torah. But they were not accepting of him. They, 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 they were like dismissing it. So what they do? They went in, the Bible said, Pharaoh called all of them and they went to hang out with Pharaoh, with Herod. All right? They did not spend time to say, okay, let them go and worship him. They claimed to be the chief priests and leaders of the people, but now when Jesus is coming, they didn't want to go and greet him because he was born in a manger. Because we know that the, 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 the Jews, when Jesus Christ came, they didn't want to, they were looking for a king who would be coming to deliver them from Roman Empire. But Jesus came as a humble baby born in a manger in the simplicity of life. And that's what we and that's why Christmas is so important. It was an exciting time. No wonder the song said, Hark the Herald Angel sings. 
Come, come all ye faithful. We sang tonight the first Noel. All these wonderful things that God. Imagine God became man. And dwelt with us. A baby in a manger. And Herod wanted to kill him. The priests and the elders. They didn't want to be seen. They become uh, indifference. Indifferent towards him. So they feel more or less, oh, that's not important. They couldn't get the message. They couldn't go there and worship him because they did not understand the true meaning of Christmas. They were destructive toward Christmas. Um, Christmas. They dismiss it. They know the meaning of it. They know that Jesus was born. Yet they are not a bit excited about the true meaning of Christmas. So therefore the true meaning of Christmas makes no difference to their lives. Today, a lot of preachers, pastors, teachers, leaders are no different with their indifference as Herod did. Because Christ doesn't make any difference in their lives. They will claim that they worship. They will claim that they are prophet and prophetist. But what about helping the poor? Caring for the needy. They care about building these mansions and having their knob of gold on their doors and living in five or six yachts and boats and that's their Christmas. But for our Christmas is Jesus Christ, Mary's boy child, born on Christmas Day. These leaders were indifferent. They hung out with the elites, so to speak of. And we've seen that happening in the world in us today. When Herod ordered the priests and the teachers of the law to come to him, they come and they stayed with him. They come running to him. Right? They obeyed Herod and disobeyed God. So who are we? Who are we obeying? Are we Herod lovers or God lovers? That's the question. Are we obeying the world or are we obeying God? Are we indifferent to worship of Jesus, yet much a part of the worship of this world? It's sad that so many Christians today, and it amazes you, on Christmas, Easter, maybe New Year's Day, the churches are full. But after that, you see empty chairs. So were they genuine? Why did they come? They come for a reason. They are not committed. They don't come to worship Jesus. We come here as far as possible whenever the doors are open because we fellowship together. We, 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 we do not fail to assemble ourselves together as believers in Jesus Christ because we can keep each other warm by the Spirit of God. You know, we can encourage one another. We can build up one another. We can exhort one another as we see the day approaching. Our responsibility is to worship Jesus. Our responsibility when we greet others at Christmas time and make visitations and such like is to talk about Jesus. What is the meaning of Christmas? We see the starlights. We see the beautiful. All those are good. The decorations and everything. But what does it bring to our hearts? What does it remind us of the beauty of the beautiful light some of these lights are so beautiful and the decoration is beautiful that should tell us man 
Imagine, that's how beautiful Jesus is. Heaven and earth adore him. Jesus is the reason for the season. Our responsibility is to make that sacrifice. Talk to, never just congratulate our children and grandchildren and give them gifts and but spend a few moments and talk to them about Jesus, the Christ of Christmas. That is so important to us. We are in a world that is falling away deep. The very church itself sometimes is slipping away into the world. There are so many churches that has brought the world into the church. And the churches become saturated with the world. But didn't the word of God said, come out from among them and be separated. Though your sins be as scarlet, I'll wash you clean. God want to clean us. He want to purge us. And this time of the year, it's a time when we can celebrate and say, as we always say, thank God for Jesus. That we can worship Jesus. When we think back on where God has taken us from. I mean, I don't know about you or anyone here. Some of you might have born saved, but I wasn't born saved. You know? I was born a sinner. Shaped in iniquity. I have been through the coverings of life. I have been through the pig pen, as I would always say. But God... In his mercy and in his grace. Delivered me, delivered you, delivered you, delivered you, delivered all of us. And just think that who we are today. We are newborn babes. Some of us are still in the area of maturity. But we are growing in Jesus Christ. We are not growing in the things of this world. God wants us to worship him. That's why he came. Worship him. The word worship comes from, I think, a Hebrew word named shashaum. I can't pronounce that Greek word. But it means to bow down before him. To worship in praise, in songs, in dance. Worship him in the beauty of holiness. We enter into his gates with thanksgiving and praise. We enter into his gate to worship Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. So... The question is asked, are we indifferent? No, we are not indifferent. If we were indifferent, we wouldn't be here. But how can we know that? We know that Herod was indifferent. The priests and the leaders of the day, they were indifferent. They stood off. They didn't hang around Christ. They didn't hang around try to find more about baby Jesus. But what about the third group of people or the third thought that is the most important of it is wise men. They traveled, it is believed, over two years journey to find the baby so that they may worship him. That's a sacrifice. They have never seen him before, but they traveled to worship him. We are here tonight because we want to worship him. We don't worry about the cold because we can wrap ourselves up and we can come here to worship him in spirit and in truth. We want to be like the wise men. 
Some people said the Magi and they weren't wise men, but they were wise enough to walk away from Herod and find a different route. Herod died. Jesus is alive. Okay? And because he is alive, we are alive. So we thank God for that. So just like how Herod, um, the wise men, could take a different route and go back to where they came from, having worshipped Jesus, we have found Jesus and we have taken a different route. We don't go back into the world. We have been taken out of the world by the grace of Almighty God. And we are now worshipping Jesus. And that's something we have to be proud of. We can look back. I've always said regardless of what a person's past may be. Tomorrow is always spotless. Because we today is a day with Jesus Christ. And every day with Jesus is better than the day before. So let us be like the wise men. Jesus came that we might have life. The wise men saw the star in the east in verse 2. And they come to worship him. We, when we hear the word first of God, maybe we struggle with it. I struggled with it. But I didn't. I knew the 23rd Psalm as I've always said. But I never knew the shepherd. I struggled with it, growing with my grandmother, studying the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, going through the Pilgrim Progress book and everything. And as a a kid, go to Sunday school every Sunday, go to church, be in boys' brigade and all those kind of things, but never know Jesus Christ until he struck me down on the road. Every time I go back to Jamaica, I go to that spot because I was completely drunk. And I was struck down in a van, taken up and put into a truck, and was deposited at the morgue. But the grace of God delivered me. And here I am. So I know. No wonder I understand the word that John said. You know, these things write I unto you, little one, that you may know that you have eternal life. And that life is in Jesus Christ. All because of the meaning of Christmas. Because Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I'm chief. You are chief. All of us are chief. All of us are one. United. Not just by the name. Not just by our testimony. Not just by salvation. Not just by the word of God. Not just because of a relationship with our parents. Not because of where we were born. Not because of the color of our skin. Not because of the country. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ that can never lose its power. The blood that gives us strength from day to day. The blood that washes white as snow. All that blood stemmed from this little baby boy that Herod wanted to kill. This little baby boy that cries in a cold winter night in that manger in Bethlehem. Jesus was born and came into the world 
suffered, walked, though he walked the parts of youth, he walked in wisdom too. And there he kept his father's words of truth, as we are taught to do. So I just want to ask us to remember as we go through this Christmas season to remember that when you are drawn by a meaning of Christmas, when we understand where the meaning of what the meaning of Christmas is, it doesn't matter if it's two years, it doesn't matter if it's two hundred years, it doesn't matter the sacrifice we have to make. Make that sacrifice. Because in the end, it will worth it all. Certain things we have to reject. We are growing. And being Brother John's favorite and my favorite psalm, I think it's Psalms 139. Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And if there's any wicked way within me, cleanse me, purge me, and lead me into the path everlasting. We are still fighting. We are still resisting. And we'll continue to struggle, but we must just make up our mind to let go of whatever is holding us back. Let go of the confusion. Let go of the frustration. I was telling my elders the other day that my son David, who I, I tell you, I, I, I don't think that every time I think about that kid, I, I just love that young man. In the wee hours of the night, you come into my room and you wake me up and say, Dad, I want you to pray for me. I say, what happened, son? I think I'm having a double mind. I'm double-minded. I said, why you say that? He said, you know, one moment I'm like I'm on top of the world with Jesus. Another moment it's like I'm struggling and I'm thinking all type of things come into his mind. I said, okay, that's a good thing, son. That's growth, that experience. But you have the enemy. So I said, remember this. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principality and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. The devil wanted, he, the Bible said he will sift us. He will drag us away. He's putting pressure at you. That you feel like you want to give up and you want to let go. Satan knows our weaknesses. He knows what he can use to tempt us. Thirsty, hungry, and we know all the kind of things. And we are human beings that have habits before we know Jesus Christ. We have the things that we love, whether it's ice cream. And Satan knows that some of us love ice cream like me. And if the doctor said you mustn't eat too much ice cream, then you get up in the night, whoa, I would eat a nice bowl of ice cream now. Or any little thing like that. Oh man, I love to hear it. I love, I love that movie or I love to go to that party. Because he wants to sip us. He wants to drag us away. He wants to, want to, to pull us away. But don't let go. Because he said in 1 Corinthians 10. There had no temptation becometh us. Such that is common to man. That God will use that same temptation to provide a way of escape that we may be able to bear it. And I know these things work. Like I said, I wasn't born saved. I've been tempted. I've been drugged. I've been, been pulled. I've been battered. 
but I am like the cat. Is it a cat that have nine life? You pick me up, you lick me down, I'm going to bounce right back. Because I cannot be defeated. And every time I come back, I become back stronger. And I know and I'm persuaded that he who started that good work within me will keep it. And he'll keep it for every one of us. You are godly people. You are chosen by God. You are a royal priesthood. Jesus loved you. He died for every one of us. No matter what you're facing in life, no matter what the struggle of have, hold on to God's unchanging hand. Don't let go. Don't let the enemy grab us. It's a tug of war. The flesh will seek to destroy us. But the flesh is never gets converted. It is sinful flesh. So the word of God said, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. And above all, he said, if sinners entice you, consent not. In the power of the word of God. Saints of God, it's going to be a wonderful Christmas. We are going to enjoy it. We're going to have a wonderful time on Saturday. I don't know about the cooking. I'm going to start to summon and pray for some people to come and help clean up some chicken. Right, Sister Lisa? We have about 80 pounds of chicken to clean up. So, 40? Oh, thank God it's less. And, and, and we're going to be having a wonderful time. Um, from my roughly count, it's going to be maybe about 100 or a little over 100 of us here on Saturday. Um, so just come to sing carols and worship the King all glorious above, you know. So I just thank you guys for hearing me out tonight. Just want to let you know that I love you guys with all my heart. You are my blood purchase brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. And I pray and wish if I don't get a chance to say it then before the Christmas that you'll have a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year. I won't be back I, after this year. You ain't going to see me till next year. Sorry. And I'm not going to see you till next year. But we're going to have a wonderful time in the Lord Jesus Christ. So I trust that we will let it digest, this word digest in our hearts tonight. That the whole meaning of Christmas is to worship. Worship Jesus Christ in all you do. Let nothing stop you from worshiping the King of Kings. He deserves our worship. Because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you did came into this world. And you purchased us with your own blood. You paid the price for our sins. You loved us with an everlasting love and it is with your loving kindness that you have drawn us unto you. And we thank you, Father, that we can say we are a part of the family of God. We are friends of Jesus. We are hearers of God and joined hearers with Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father. Help us as we go through this festive season to worship you and to spread the joy of the Christ of Christmas. We thank you. Take us home safe this night, Father, and keep us warm in your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, saints.